Chat, Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. Hi, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm chatting with Carrie Tushoff, a mother and founder, director, and owner of Hypno Babies, a childbirth education course using hypnosis. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. Collectively, we've worked with thousands of families and are condensing all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Today, Carrie and I are discussing how to prepare your mind and body for childbirth. With Carrie's years of experience, we're getting all the details on how you can become fully prepared and have the best birth experience possible. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode. We're chatting with Carrie from Hypno Babies. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Nina, thank you for having me. I am always happy to come on and talk about how women can have a better birthing and actually a more joyful pregnancy and a better birthing. It's what I've done for the last 30 years. I love that. And yes, we are so honored to have you because you are just a wealth of knowledge for all women, especially pregnant and expecting and actually even new moms. There's so much that you know when it comes to this. So we are honored to have you here. And for all of you guys listening, I want to tell you a little story. I know Carrie from my background of being a doula, I started working with women in 2011. And the first birth I attended was in that year. And I saw her labor and go through all the, you know, what they call challenges that you could experience during labor. And she had a doula. And once I saw how instrumental a doula was, I decided I need to do that. I need to help women during labor. And after going to a couple of births, I had a client who was very interested in hypnobabies and all of that. And when I went to her birth, I was just floored at how amazing she was handling all of her pressure waves or her contractions. And it was really amazing. And that's when I decided that I wanted to become a hypnobaby certified hypnodoula. So I did my training and that's how I found Carrie. Carrie is, as I said, the founder, director, and owner of Hypnobabies. And I just learned so much through that program. And I now have been to hundreds of births and I have just learned so much through her curriculum and then just all of the information that she puts out there for women. So Carrie, thank you so much for all that you do for moms. We are so grateful for everything. <laughs> thank you so much. That's very sweet and kind of you. <laughs> it's the truth. I just love what I do. I think it's the best job in the world because it's not just for our moms, but for all moms that we put out information about easier pregnancy and easier birthing. So you're welcome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so, Carrie, for the people who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you started working with families? And then, yeah, basically today, our topic is all about preparing your mind and body for childbirth and learning so much of you know your knowledge. We would love to hear more about how you got started and what has inspired you to do what you do. Well, thank you. I'll make this as brief as possible. <laughs> Actually, this started with my own births many long years ago. When I was having my first baby, I had already been a Bradley instructor, which was kind of different because normally they don't take instructors that haven't already given birth. 
with the Bradley method, but I convinced them that I could be an instructor. So I took their training and I just loved it. And then I got pregnant. I had my own baby and I was screaming my head off. (laughs) Poor little thing. She was posterior. So her head was grinding on my spine the whole time. And it was long and ugly and extremely traumatic. And I'm actually glad now that I had that experience because I needed to see the other side if you know what I mean, like in the Bradley method, I was teaching moms, you know, natural childbirth was the thing and the only thing and you can do it. And I found out (laughs) that I was never going to be so happy in the world as I was. I saw that anesthesiologist coming at me with an epidural (laughs) after 36 hours. So I learned how to be a much more balanced instructor because I realized why women chose epidurals. You know, why did they want them? What was the effect of them? And it really gave me a a really great education. And then I had my second baby four years later and it was only seven hours. So it was a lot less time and, but it was just as painful. (laughs) And so as I was uh, screaming through that birthing, my sister was holding my hands and uh, I got done with a very painful contraction, which we called birthing waves and hypno babies. And I looked up into her eyes and she said, it should never have to be this hard. And it's like a light bulb went on over my head that she was right. It didn't have to be this hard to have a natural birth. Uh, It didn't need to be this painful or traumatic. So afterwards, I just started, you know, looking for what that was. And I eventually found a video online about an obstetrician who was teaching his own clients hypnosis. And I found this hypnobirthing place and I went and trained with them. And that didn't end up being what I wanted because there wasn't enough hypno in the birthing for me. So I created Hypno Babies and I took a lot of training on what, you know, what really deep somnambulistic medical grade hypnosis was. (laughs) And so I put it into a childbirth education program and basically the rest is history, but it's the best job in the world. And I love it because the effects are truly amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you've helped, it has to be now thousands, if not a hundred thousand, if not more women through your program. So how many years ago was that when you like first started HypnoBabies? I first started it in 2001 and it's now being used all over the world because we do have an online program now. So moms who don't want to pay the shipping costs or wait for their course from other countries can just go online and order it and start doing it <laughs> immediately. And yeah, it has been hundreds of thousands of moms and it's amazing. We have a beautiful Facebook group that's dedicated to our moms. We just hit 5,000 members today. So there are 5,000 people on the group at any given time, all helping each other, supporting each other, encouraging each other. We have hit no reminders every single day and we answer questions and everybody has just loved up really, really well. And it's great. That's fantastic. Support is, I think, vital when it comes to pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. That's for sure. So Carrie, I think what all of the pregnant women out there who are listening want to know is how they can have a better birth. And I mean, obviously, the two things that come to mind are we have to prepare our bodies and prepare our minds. But with you and your experience and wealth of knowledge, I want to know, we all want to know, what is it that women can do when it first comes to like preparing your body for childbirth? What are the best ways that we can prepare our bodies for a better birth? Well, I think the the number one thing we start with is basically nutrition. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people don't 
think about it very much. They think, oh, I'll, I'll eat better, maybe a little better. But it's actually staying healthy is one of the best things you can do to create a better birthing experience. So you choose excellent nutrition and that way you're working towards your goal all the time because everything that you eat and drink and ingest and even breathe goes directly to the baby. There are very few things with molecules too large to pass through the placenta. So everything we eat is really important. Everything we drink and everything we breathe in. So it's good for the baby, but it's also good for you, for your body. The placenta develops really well is able to provide nourishment and oxygen for the baby. Moms can be much more healthy themselves if they eat a nutritious diet. And we do suggest it to be higher in protein than they're normally used to eating, up to about 70, maybe 80 grams of protein a day. And that might be a challenge for some people, but not others, but it can be done. <laughs> and we do suggest, of course, to have adequate amounts of calcium and other vitamins and minerals that you really, really need when you're pregnant. Those would be iron and vitamin A, vitamin B, and folate. So it's important to realize that although you're eating for two, you do need only about 300 extra calories a day-ish when you're pregnant. So not twice as much as you were right. eating before, but about 300 calories more a day. And that's really going to help a lot. And people say, well, I don't want to gain too much weight, but it's not about how much weight you gain. It's about what are you eating? And if the quality of the food that you're eating is really good, then you're nourishing your own body, the baby's body, your placenta, your uterus will stay strong, your bag of waters will stay strong. And you have a much better chance of having a really excellent birthing without your water releasing early and the baby staying healthy and everything, as well as you. And regarding weight gain, the average mom, the average is about 30 pounds. So the baby is six to eight pounds, the placenta is about one and a half, the amniotic fluid is about two pounds, the uterus growth is about two pounds, breast growth about two pounds, body's protein and fat gain is about seven pounds, and blood and body fluids is about eight. So it is important that you eat in order to maintain all of that. You're actually creating, and most people don't realize this, but you're actually creating up to 50% more blood in your body by the time you give birth. And you need that because after you give birth, your body will be releasing blood from the placental site and it needs to be the extra blood you made and not the blood you started with. So there's a lot to know and remember about eating well and making sure that you're eating enough, enough protein and enough calories. There are a few things that you may want to avoid. People can find those on the internet, but basically it's like refrigerated smoked seafood and hot dogs or deli meats and refrigerated meat spreads and unpasteurized milk and juices, store-made salads, unpasteurized soft cheeses, things like that, and all the fishes that are on, there's a specific list. I will make up a really wonderful list for you guys that if you want to, you can put on your website of everything we're talking about today. And that way it'll be easier for people to find this information. Fantastic. If you send that to me, Carrie, we'll make sure to add that in the description of this podcast so we can have all that information readily available. And you brought up some great information and when it comes to nutrition and those extra vitamins and you were saying, what do you then, I know that 
people should obviously consult with their healthcare provider because everyone is different. But you said the iron and calcium and those kind of things. So what are some of those extra things that people should be going to their local wellness store to getting better supplements? Because I know that when I was pregnant, I took fish oil and I took a probiotic and I took calcium and yeah, but is there anything in particular that you recommend on top of just eating healthy that will help our bodies prepare for a better childbirth? Well, the first thing that I always want to say is to ask your prenatal care provider about taking a prenatal vitamin and mineral supplement. There are organic and natural sources of these prenatal vitamins and minerals to make sure that you're getting enough of all the nutrients that the baby needs. In particular, there are certain things like folate set of 5 to 800 micrograms. So your doctor will have more information about what's right for you. With iron, it's 27 milligrams, calcium 1,000 milligrams, or 1,300 milligrams if you're 18 or younger. Vitamin A is 770 micrograms. A vitamin B12 is 2.6 micrograms. You also want to make sure that you get enough vitamin D. The current recommendation for all adults younger than 71 is 600 IUs of vitamin D a day. And so you can also find out how you can get enough vitamin D from your foods or from the sun. You want to make sure that you're not taking too much of any particular supplement like vitamin A because it can be dangerous. And as far as other supplements like herbs or anything like that, I can't suggest any because some of them are medicinal and we don't give out medical advice. Right. Absolutely. Well, that is fantastic when it comes to nutrition. So what are some other things that people can do when preparing their bodies? Well, of course, there's going to be exercise. Now there's pregnancy exercises. I'll provide all these for you, which will be really nice for people who are listening. But there's pregnancy exercises that are basic to just about every childbirth class out there or informational site. One is the inner thigh stretch where you sit on the floor and put your feet together and kind of push your knees down. And what that does is that it improves circulation to the pelvic area and the pelvic floor muscles and allows them to release and relax a little bit. The natural widening of the pelvis makes it easier for your baby to engage in late pregnancy. So that's one thing. Squatting, of course, that's universal. In other cultures, they squat. (laughs) They just squat every single day around fires or doing things around the house or whatever. But of course, where we are, We don't squat very much, but squatting improves the mobility in the hips and strengthens the glute muscles and legs, promotes a wider pelvic outlet, and allows the pelvic muscles to yield or stretch. And this exercise can also help prevent what we call pregnancy waddle and decrease uh, instability and excessive motion of the pelvis. This is also the most natural position for birthing since it increases the pelvic opening and sometimes up to about 25%. If you just squat when the baby is coming out, that entire opening can be up to 25% bigger, wider, larger. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I love that. (laughs) I know. So what we do is we just suggest to our moms that they squat every single day. And, you know, I can show you, I'll put on the document that I'm going to be sending you how to do it because you don't want to do it too deeply and you don't want to do it the wrong way. And also, if the baby is not head down and facing mom's back or moms who have low-lying placentas, they should avoid squatting entirely. That's great information. And I was going to ask, I get asked all the time, okay, I should be doing squats. And I know that you said you're going to provide this information to us in a written form. But 
how often should women be squatting? Should they do like, I don't know, 20 squats a day? And should they hold it for how long? So just guidelines that are easy on here, what would you say? This really depends on the person. Okay. Because there are some people for whom this position is, you know, maybe a lot more easy. Other people have problems with their joints or getting up and down. You can do it while you're up against a wall, for instance, so that you can slide up and down the wall, which will help with, you know, just your balance. But some people can do three of these, stay down longer, and that'll be fine for them every day. Other people need to do 10. And just squat for as long as they can at a time, which might be a couple of seconds. So it just depends on on the person. No, that's great information because I know that everything always varies on everyone's body and everyone's experience. So that type of guidance is very helpful. So for you guys who are pregnant out there, listen to your body, but squatting every day is so important. And those guidelines really help out. So these are also good stretches. And do you recommend other exercise and stretches for moms? You know, it's interesting because we don't have people stretch more than that, really. But on the Spinning Babies website, which is just a fabulous website at spinningbabies.com they have daily activities that they list for moms and some of them are stretches interesting stretches such as the forward leaning inversion which literally even though it looks a little funky when you go on there because what it is is you with somebody by you of course you don't want to do this by yourself if you're heavily pregnant but you're going to literally invert yourself by putting your knees on the edge of a couch so you're turned around where you're leaning off of the couch with your knees on the couch and your head on the floor actually your arms are on the floor and your head is resting on your arms and what that does is it potentially untwists the ligaments that support the lower uterine segment and cervix because We oftentimes think about stretching the legs, the hamstrings, maybe doing twists with your waist or stretching your arms or your shoulder muscles or things like that. But what this literally does is stretches out the ligaments, the uterosacral and round ligaments of the lower uterine segment. And this helps you to start birthing easier, to have an easier birthing when these are stretched out. So in regards to stretching, I would definitely recommend that one. And when women go to look for these daily activities at Spinning Babies, you're going to look at the top menu under pregnancy, and it will say daily activities. It's the third one down. So their number one activity is walking every day. And that comes in where, you know, the pregnancy exercises too. That's going to help so many different things. It's going to help with, you know, your energy every single day. Walking briskly lengthens the psoas muscle, which Gail Tully from Spinning Babies describes as a large pair of internal wings from the spine to the thigh. And that really helps. A supple psoas muscle gives us a better range of motion and better fetal descent and positioning. So all these things can really, really help. There's also maternal positionings. We teach in HypnoBabies something called optimal fetal positioning. That is also on this page at Spinning Babies. And it helps for you to do get in positions like pelvic rocking, for instance, to help your stomach be a hammock for your baby. Sitting on a birth ball instead of rounding your back into a C by sitting on the couch. So sitting on a birth ball or a more forward-leaning position really helps to get the baby in a better position. 
So there are stretches. Gail recommends like even a TMJ jaw release, neck rolls, opening your shoulders. These are all on this page, the windmill. All of these are wonderful preparations, exercises, and stretches. There's a forward lunge and a calf stretch, and of course our squat. So there's many, many things on this page that are really great that have to do with stretching. Fantastic. So with these exercises and stretches, what are the benefits that they are going to hopefully see if they do these things, if instead they didn't do them? If they didn't do these, what would the difference be? You know, basically, it's just preparing your body kind of like if you were going to prepare for a run or something like that, you've got to train, you've got to stretch, you've got to run ahead of diamond and do certain things so that your stamina will be there. So all of these things work together to help stretch out different areas of the body, get the baby into position, let the mom have more stamina and energy towards the end, which she's going to need to push her baby out. So it all works together. That's so true. Birth is definitely a marathon, but it can be, it can be a sprint sometimes, but you got to be prepared for either one. (laughs) Well, fantastic. So is there anything else for our bodies that we need to prepare before we start moving on to how can we prep our minds for childbirth? You know, a really important thing that I'd like to finish with is sleeping, getting enough rest and getting enough sleep, which a lot of pregnant moms have issues with. So we do have a few ideas for them to help them to sleep a little better using meditation and relaxation techniques, which we will talk about in a few minutes, eliminating caffeine and consider increasing calcium and magnesium and taking the last dose at bedtime because these really help with the smooth muscles of the body to relax. Getting extra support from a lot of pillows or egg carton mattresses, the special mattresses they make, make a big nest even if your (laughs) sweetie has to sleep on the couch. I know my six foot five husband ended up on the edge of the bed when I was pregnant (laughs) because I was making such a mess, but maintain a regular sleep schedule, get regular pregnancy exercise. You can try drinking hot milk or hot water before bed, eating small snacks before bedtime, but not large meals, getting a, even a foot massage or a neck massage from your sweetheart. And of course, taking a warm bath or shower before bed. So all of those things can really help our moms out there that are listening to get ready for bed and then sleep really, really well. I love that. One thing I want to mention is that it is actually better to sleep on your left side when you're pregnant. And that is very simply because there's a blood vessel. It's a main vein, the vena cava, that drains the entire lower half of the body and it lies to the right of your midline. So just right to the right of your spine. And as the baby gets bigger, the uterus lies flat on the vena cava when we lay on our back. And kind of like stepping on a garden hose, it can obstruct flow upwards towards the heart. So then the drainage of the lower half of the body becomes sluggish and we just want that blood flow to continue on and on. And on the left side, if you sleep on your left side, it's actually the best way to maintain the complete blood flow up and down the body. And so that's good for mom and it's good for baby. That's awesome. And I love those tips when it comes to sleep, especially the massage part. So that way moms can be extra rested. And I actually, I tell my doula clients that dads should be doing in the third trimester, a five to 10 minute massage every night for their sweetie, because it can really help them 
learn how to best comfort her during this time because at this time she has the wherewithal and the energy to say, oh, honey, that doesn't feel so good. Or can you slow this down or more pressure? But in labor, if he's trying to massage her or whatnot, and it's just not what she likes, she's not going to have the energy to be able to kindly say, oh, honey, that doesn't feel good. Can you stop? So it's a great practice for them to figure out what she enjoys, what gets her nice and relaxed, and certain parts of her body that tense up a lot faster or tense up more than other parts of her body. So then when she is in labor, he has that experience to lean off of. So, But I love doing that right before bed. That's such a great tip. Thank you so much, Carrie. It is. And also one more thing I'd like to put in a little bid for the birth partners to get their own neck and shoulder massage at least three times a week. So I love it. Just before mom gets hers on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the birth partner can get his or her beautiful neck and shoulder massage from mom so that they feel appreciated and loved as well. I'm sure all birth partners are thanking you right now. I think that's great. (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah, that's such a great list of things that people can do when it comes to preparing their bodies for childbirth, that nutrition, that exercise, those stretches that you mentioned on that website. The daily activities under the pregnancy menu are just great for moms every single day. If they can just concentrate on those, they'll have an easier birthing. That's fantastic. Yes. And then obviously, of course, sleep and rest. That's key to anyone, even when you're not pregnant. Sleep is so, 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 so important. And to catch up on that now before baby comes, (laughs) that's for sure. So this is the next part that I definitely wanted to pick your brain about because honestly, I don't think enough women when they're pregnant focus on preparing their minds enough for childbirth. And that's something I tell my clients all the time that birth doesn't happen between your legs. It happens between between your ears. You really have to get a good mindset and it doesn't just happen. (laughs) Well, it does just happen, but if you want to have the best birth experience possible, you really have to prepare yourself mentally. But there are things that you can do to help with all of that. And so I'd love to hear your tips on how to prepare our minds for childbirth for expecting mamas. Well, and I would love to give them (laughs) (laughs) because it's such a, a very big, important part of the process. The mind body connection is indisputable. We know already that the mind creates so many different effects in the body and can help or hinder the goals that we have. So we do suggest that all moms do some sort of meditation, which is just inner reflection or quieting your mind, breathing, connecting with your body, connecting with your baby in order to calm themselves, in order to have peace of mind. It helps reduce stress. It helps moms to basically cope with the changes in their body and their emotions because hormones are rampant when we're pregnant. Yes, they are. (laughs) Basically thinking of meditation as some quiet time to breathe and connect and be aware of whatever thoughts you have and to clear your mind. Because part of this for moms can actually be fear clearing, which is one of the things we do in hypnobabies specifically. And that means becoming aware of things that we have what we also call mindfulness. And that means be aware of how you're feeling and then no judgment at all, but asking yourself, does it serve me? Does it serve me and my baby? This fear, this concern, maybe I have a control issue about what day my baby needs to be born in my mind. 
do these things serve me well? And if not, just letting them go. So meditation can be that time every single day. And you can find a lot of general inner peace that way by just sitting down, breathing deeply, letting your mind clear, and then also releasing things that really don't serve you well. So it can be as simple as just sitting down and doing deep breaths. There's a kind of a breathing called 7-Eleven breathing. And most moms when they're pregnant can do it because you count at your own pace. So you breathe in deeply by letting your belly expand. And normally we breathe through our chest. So in this case, we're doing what's called deep belly breathing. And you let your belly expand out and that allows your lungs to fill up as much as possible. So you do that to a count of seven. And if you can only do it to a count of seven, that's very, very fast, that's great. Then you exhale to a count of 11. And if that count of 11 is very, very fast, that's great. And then as the time goes on, the days go on, see if you can breathe slower and slower and slower because that's going to get you more and more oxygen, which is automatically this entire process is going to help you to relax. You'll find your shoulders sinking down, your neck becoming more loose, everything relaxes more and more. So you could also find apps out there that will guide you through the process. There's a lot of apps. I have some that I will send you in a list. There's a place called headspace.com that has a free 10-day learn to meditate program on healthline.com, and I'll send you all of this as well. They have a bunch of different apps that you can get on your phone that just help guide you through meditation, learning how to meditate, but also there's guided meditation. So if you're learning, you want to do one every single day on stress relief, you can do that. If you want one for anxiety, they can actually guide you through that and help you to release anxiety. And really the benefits of doing meditation every single day for everybody is better sleep, connecting to your changing body, anxiety and stress relief, peace of mind, less tension, positive birthing preparation because you're releasing those things that don't serve you well about the birthing itself, fears, concerns, control issues. And also there's a lower risk of postpartum depression with moms who do meditate. Now I know there's moms out there who are listening who are saying, well, I have another child or two or three or four. When am I going to meditate? But if there is a time, even five 10 minutes a day when that child or children are sleeping, like taking a nap or gone to bed already, or, you know, they've fallen asleep with you, but you're not quite asleep yourself, you can do this meditation and it will help you a lot. And it's very, very important that women find some time during the day when they're pregnant to just be just relax, just let themselves let go of all of the thoughts and the plans and the baby shower plans and the what car seat am I going to buy and does it match the wallpaper in the baby's room and all that stuff and just, <laughs> just let it all go. And one of the places where you can do meditation automatically is in yoga classes. Prenatal yoga classes often have a time at the end of the yoga session where they do a little bit of just meditation and it is so calming and so wonderful. So you can think about doing that as well. Definitely. I particularly loved doing my guided meditation because it just helped me center myself and also helped me connect with my baby when I was pregnant. I just felt like we had a moment together and that 
we were preparing for his birthday. And it was just very special. And it helped me remain strong. And it was also just good practice for when it was his birthing day that I could get together and say, okay, this is our moment. And I'm relaxing all of my muscles and just surrendering my body to this experience. But by doing that every day, it allowed me to have a better birth experience. And I really do think that not only is it good, like you said, for sleep, but also just the preparation for meeting your baby. I think it was super helpful for me. It is. It's amazing when you can connect with your baby ahead of time. And then the two of you work together during the birthing. (laughs) It's fantastic. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. So meditation is such a huge part, but you did also say like in prenatal classes. And so there are classes that, you know, obviously when it comes to preparing your mind, a huge part is, I believe, education. So how do you feel about that? Like preparing our minds for childbirth? What else can women do? Well, I really want to talk about taking a childbirth class now. Is that good? Of course. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, because I, I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious with me. I feel very, very strongly about it. And the reason I do is because I see the effects of not taking a childbirth class all the time on groups and lists that I'm on where moms just are winging it. And uh, they're turning to television or books or friends and relatives. And the worst of all, just playing the internet for information about childbirth. And that's just not good. Um, There's (laughs) a lot of misinformation out there from all of those sources about what childbirth really is, the way it's going to be, how you need to prepare for it and make it the best possible experience. For people who don't care, (laughs) they just want to go in and get it over with, that's one thing. But most women really want to have the best experience possible. And I suggest that they do have that attitude because childbirth is huge. It's absolutely huge. It is one of the most impactful and transforming experiences that a woman can have. And the effects of childbirth can stay with a woman for her entire life. You could ask an 85-year-old woman what she had for breakfast this morning, and like me, she wouldn't remember, (laughs) but she can remember how she gave birth, whether it was one baby or 10 babies, she'll remember every single birthing and every single detail, and that is how much it affects us. So having the best information, having the best techniques, the best comfort cues and everything, learning everything that you need to learn is very, very important for every pregnant woman out there. And I can hear people out there saying, oh, you know, I don't have time. Yes, you do. (laughs) You absolutely need to make it a priority. Because just like I said before, for instance, if your goal was to run a marathon and you're like, well, I want to cross the finish line in X amount of minutes or hours, whatever it is, you would train, you would make it a priority to every single day, eat well, at the right times, train at the right times, run when you needed to run, rest when you needed to rest, stretch when you needed to stretch and learn everything you could about how to run that marathon well. And that way you'd have the best chance of running that marathon well. Well, it's the same thing. When it comes to childbirth, you're not going to just leave it to chance. The best thing you can do is really, really prepare. This is a major decision 
having a baby and wanting it to be the best birthing possible is a huge decision. You're actually participating in it. So I want to talk about the benefits of taking a childbirth class. Yes, please do. Number one, of course, is learning and practicing the comfort techniques for your birthing. So in these classes, you can learn about positions that really promote a well-positioned baby. And of course, the comfort and techniques that help reduce the pain of birthing. In the classes, you'll get lots of hands-on practice. So you can try out the different things that might be useful during your birth. The birth partner, oh my gosh. They can learn their role and build a toolbox of things that they can help you with during your birthing. And remember, most birth partners, male or female, who are supporting a woman in birth, especially for the first time, really don't know as much as the pregnant mom does about what to expect on the day of birth. So a good childbirth class teaches everything that the couple needs, including nutrition, exercise, staying healthy and maintaining a low risk status, as well as stages of birthing, comfort measures, new mom and baby care, and of course, all your birthing choices. So knowing as much as possible in a hands-on way every week with many demonstrations and good classes will have a birthing rehearsal for you to practice this all in. It's invaluable in preparing you for your baby's birth. Another thing is bonding and sharing this experience with your birth partner. So having a specific time to focus on this baby and this pregnancy and connect with your partner as you learn your pregnancy and birthing skills is a chance to spend a few hours together connecting and preparing for your baby's birth without distractions. And some couples will go to lunch or dinner before or after the class, which is really great. When you're in a class, you're also taking this journey with others of like mind. And I just want to say with, if you're doing anything that's really different than the average people, like natural childbirth of any kind, whether it's Bradley or Hypno or whatever, you're doing something with people in a class whose goal is the same thing as yours is. And there's really something to be said for that. So the community you create when you attend the childbirth class can help you know that you're really in good company on your journey and not alone. And then you can become friends with those people. And many times it leads to class reunions and sometimes lifelong friendships. So it's awesome stuff. Another thing that's super, super important in a childbirth class is learning what real evidence-based care and practices are and how to create the birthing that you want. This is very important because there's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet or just by talking to people. So you want to know from your childbirth class, from your childbirth educator, what your pregnancy and birthing options are and how to speak to your medical care provider about your choices. It's also important for every single mother and birth partner out there to know, which most expectant moms don't, that all choices and decisions about your pregnancy, your birthing and your postpartum care and your baby's care belong to you. And you have hired your medical care providers to provide you with suggestions, but they don't ever make your choices for you. So knowing this and knowing what your choices are helps you to feel confident in making informed decisions for your pregnancy, birth, and baby's care. And of course, a good childbirth education class will teach you what these choices are and the risks and the benefits and the alternatives to common obstetrical interventions. You'll learn about the hospital and medical language being used, and of course, amazing changes your body's going through, the process of birth and all its variations. And you will be able to prepare for and plan and create your birth in the way that you want it to be. 
And on that note, this birth is unique. I want everybody out there listening to this to know that you'll only get to give birth to this baby one time. So you want to make this birth the best birth you can be by adequate preparation. And I really think one of those things, and I'll just move on into this if you don't mind, Nina. Not at all. Is hiring a doula. Okay. Now, if you can hire a doula, it's really great because there are studies that show that women who received continuous labor support with a doula were more likely to give birth spontaneously, less likely to give birth by C-section or vacuum or forceps, less likely to use pain medications, more likely to be satisfied, had slightly shorter labors, and their babies were less likely to have low five-minute APGAR scores, which means that they are very healthy babies at birth. And of course, women who choose doulas are more likely to have a natural birth. Natural meaning unmedicated, no C-sections, things like that, which are better for mom and baby in most cases. Of course, C-sections save lives and sometimes we do need drugs in childbirth. But in a general low-risk birth with no complications, women do want to choose natural childbirth. Many do. And if they are choosing a doula, they're more likely to actually have that natural birth. So really, I want to talk about why, like exactly personally why you would want to hire a doula. The first thing is that it helps with the intensity of birth because many women are surprised by the intensity of birth. And a doula provides a calm, encouraging presence who can help to eliminate fear and also decrease pain. Doulas also provide reminders that what a birthing mom is experiencing is normal and suggest and facilitate comfort techniques and positions. And it's important right here to remember that unless your doula is also a midwife or other medical professional, her scope of practice does not include advising you on medical conditions or treatments. They can answer general questions and tell you what your choices might be for things, but they cannot provide medical advice. And when you're in the hospital or birth center, they cannot interfere with the medical staff or tell them what you will or will not accept or make any decisions for you. Another thing they can do very well is to help the birth partner. Birth partners don't know much about pregnancy and childbirth in general, and so they can be assisted greatly because they know all the things that the birth partner doesn't know. Her main job is to just hold the space, which is provide emotional and physical support to mom and assist in the mom gathering her information from her care providers. So yes, she has this base of birthy stuff that takes the pressure off of the birth partner and mom to remember it all. She's also a teammate for the birth partner. So letting him or her to eat, drink, stretch, take naps and refresh themselves really, really helps like a tag team. And moms who hire a doula know that she has the expertise to say the words, do you think it might be time to go to the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone appreciates. <laughs> Whereas the dad's might not, or the birth partners might not know that. And so she has the expertise to know several things that are going to be extremely helpful for moves like that. And the dads can enjoy, or birth partners can enjoy the birth of the baby more if there's somebody there to help take pictures when the baby is born, even if the doula sometimes dries off the baby very softly, which we teach in our classes that somebody like the birth partner or the doula can just pat the baby down and the dad might be 
a little busy. So the doula can help with all of those things. And of course, afterwards. And one really, really important thing is that the doulas can be great gatekeepers during a birth. Everybody listen up. <laughs> it's super important that you are careful in choosing who attends your birth. So a gatekeeper in a birth is a person whose responsibility is to keep the right people in the birth room and the wrong people out. So at a prenatal meeting with your doula, you'll discuss who should be there and who specifically should not. And this can be very important since even one person who is bringing in a bad attitude or a lot of fear or interference can make a huge difference in a birth. It affects the birthing mother greatly on a conscious level, a subconscious level, and it can have negative effects on the birthing process and the mother's confidence. So if there's a possibility of this happening, doula may help with many possible solutions. And at birth, along with dad, she can help protect the birth space by being the gatekeeper and asking people to step out of the birthing room if need be and keep those in the birthing room apprived of mom's progress. So mom doesn't have to talk because as we know, all moms who are birthing need to only focus on themselves and their babies and staying in their birthing zone. A cool thing about doulas is that they're available for phone, text, email, and in-person support before the birth at all hours of the day or night. So sometimes a mom will just need to call her doula with minor questions that she wouldn't want to bother her midwife or OB with. And one last thing. A good doula will support women wherever and whenever they choose to give birth and learn everything they need to in order to support each mother with her individual birthing choices. In the case of, for instance, a hypnomom, you would want the birth doula to be completely trained in the words that are used for the hypnosis program, the techniques they use, the cues they need, and the philosophies behind it. And a good doula is going to be willing to do all of that. So that's that. Oh my gosh, Carrie, that was amazing. You basically gave us a whole outline of, of everything that a mom needs to do when preparing for childbirth, when it comes to, you know, our bodies and our minds. And you basically did the best ad ever for doulas out there <laughs> and for education and meditation. And there's just so much that we can take away from this podcast to really help more moms have better experiences. And it's totally attainable. It's just getting that information out there. So this has been wonderful to be able to spread that message to more women. It's my pleasure to help. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So Carrie, are there any like final closing messages that you want to share before we sign off? I would say just take it seriously, your birth preparation, because this is the most joyful thing, whether you're having your first baby or your 10th baby. <laughs> we do have some of our moms on our support group that are having their 10th baby. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it's very, very important how that child comes into the world. It's important for the baby to experience the best birth possible. And it's important for the mom. It's important for the birth partner. And interestingly enough, it's also important for the birth care professionals around you to see how much better a birthing can be when a mom is very well prepared instead of frightened or just kind of rolling with it and kind of out of control. And everybody's birth experience is very personal. And I say more power to you, no matter how you choose to give birth, just prepare for it well. Oh, that is such a wonderful message. I couldn't agree more. Thank you again, Carrie. This has been just 
so, so wonderful. And guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this as well. We hope that if you have any questions that you come to our Facebook page, we're going to be posting this episode on our Facebook page and continuing the conversation. So if you have any questions, please let us know. We'll be sure to get some answers to you as soon as possible. But also be sure to subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and of course, our website, www.baby-chick.com. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a good one.